Give me the green light. Give me just one night. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go. Welcome, everybody, to episode 101 of the Greenlight Podcast. We are in triple digits. POC, Ephrage. Um, let's jump into it, man. We got a lot to talk about in a short amount of time. This is this is tough with Jawan Howard. Let's just jump in. Twitter was a blaze yesterday. Yeah, Twitter was a blaze. I don't know if anybody uh, – during my lunch hour, I like – I enjoy watching the bad – uh, sports television like Colin Coward and uh, first take and all that yeah. um, as you could expect the as we call them the twi- you know the blue check marks are crushing him they're crushing yeah. him um, let's start with are we on the same page that he should not be fired totally no I yeah, don't okay. think he should be fired at so all. let's start with that Jawan Howard should not be fired okay for all the Michigan fans out there he should not be fired but I think the craziest spin zone that I've seen in a while, and now look, we, we spend a lot of time of our day and, and night on the internet. So we see a lot of spin zones. But to say that guard instigated this and or escalated this in any way by shaking, attempting to go shake a hand and then just grab the other arm because Juwan was basically going to walk by him. Like he, Juwan was, yeah. hey, hey, he basically was going to walk by and say, screw you. And yep. guard is basically which we see plenty of times. Like we see yeah. plenty of blow bys. Blow by fine. Blow by. Um, so to say anything about guard, like oh he and for Juwan Howard to come out in an interview and be like, that's what escalated it. Man, that's a wild move. That's a wild move to do to basically double down. And I don't now, I haven't seen everything. I watched the press conference. I don't, I didn't see an apology. I haven't seen Juwan Howard come out and say, I apologize for hitting the coach. The AD for Michigan did. The AD yeah, I saw Michigan Ward did. Manual. I saw Ward Manual. Um, but I don't think that – no, I don't think that Juwan has put out a statement or anything yet. That's – that's. I mean, isn't that insane to be like, hey, listen, Greg, Greg started this? Greg – I mean, yeah, guard. Guard did not start this. Okay, yeah. look, he, he, he t- that's a normal thing, man. It's a normal thing. Yeah, I my my take on that, and from if we if we I, I kind of looking at look at it, I want to break it into a couple different parts. I one I want to hear your take on what made him upset to begin with. So to take a step back, they were playing. So Michigan still had their rotation guys in, and they were picking up full court. They weren't trapping; they were just picking up full court, putting pressure. Wisconsin had their bench guys in, and. They call it, there's about to, there's four seconds. There was six seconds in there about, there's like four seconds left on the hat on the 10 second call. So guard calls timeout. Basically yeah, they were going to turn it over. They were going to turn, turn it over. And so guard calls timeout. Um, Jawan doesn't like that. It, they call it timeout. That's what kind of started. I'm curious from your standpoint, first off one, are you fine with Michigan picking up full court Two, are you fine with guard calling a timeout there? I, I want to get your take first on just what even started it to begin with and then move on. I mean, 
I don't necessarily, the fact that there were walk-ons and bench players in, you probably should have stopped pressing, but you're losing. And it's like, I I, I can't necessarily hate the overall strategy of like, hey, we're going to try and win the game no matter what. I can't really hate that. In this situation though, you probably just call the dogs off, right? Like he's got his subs in, you're going to lose. Like it's it's a 99.99 foregone conclusion. You're going to lose the game. Um, so you probably don't there, but I have, I don't really have a problem. Like, you know, when it's like a nine point game and there's like 30 seconds left and the guy's just, Oh no, I'm going to foul to the end. I don't have a problem with that because crazy things have happened. My only counter that is like, it, it's not like, obviously you're trying to get it, it. I don't think that it is on. I don't think that Jawan Howard has to lay down because guard put his walk-ons in personally like i know if you, you make that decision to. if you make that decision like great like the same way guard wants his experience for his guys like i think Jawan can want to make sure hey we're fighting to the end we're showing this mentality whatever it is i agree i think being upset about him calling timeout, like as upset as he was i don't think it, it warranted as upset as like Jawan was like steering him down i think that's an issue because like yeah you are like Okay, great. Yeah, the guy's like, all right. But at the same time, like, guard, if you're going to throw your walk-ons out there, you have to be confident in them enough to at least get the ball across half court. I know. know? Again, again, and normally, don't get me wrong, like, there have been some timeouts that have been called on purpose, like, to be a dick. Like, those, those timeouts happen. This one, he had a pretty good excuse. He's like, look, like, I was just trying to give my guys a fair shot. They were going to – they only have four seconds to get it over, blah, blah, blah. So – should he have just took taken the turnover? Like he was gonna win the game. Uh, like both of them, it it it, it, yeah. it was almost like the perfect situation that both of them did something that they probably wouldn't have done normally, and it escalated. Now, for for Juwan to basically just walk by and say, "Hey, I'll remember that." Okay, fine. You know, like we've seen we've seen combos in the lines. Um, what the part I want to get to is, and Chris Patola yeah. said this perfectly last night is like, if we want to get rid of handshake lines, it can't be for the fact that our coaches can't be no. sports. They can't that, show sports. That's actually perfect because I, the <laughs> transition, I, when I, I, when I, I, I break it into essentially like four parts, right? I guess you can even like say three parts. One is the action that like got them, that got you mad. Two is the actual handshake that like kind of started it even more where I think one, I think it's Jawan's right. I think Jawan it's probably like, but I don't say made the right decision. I think like just moving on, like Roger Bass probably was the best thing to do. My but, but wait, 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 even I'm there, here, even there, Jawan in the interview says he shouldn't have touched me, bro. We're in a handshake line. So we touch. Okay, the yeah, yeah, yeah. out to touch. So there is an anticipation of a I touch. He's talking about the extra grab. Yes, that's what I guess. Again, it's, dude. Yeah. For the, I agree with you. On that's that. crazy. I agree with that. The, my only counterpoint to that, and I think it's a heat of the moment thing too, is that like, do you want to grab his shirt? To play devil's advocate is if you're guard and you're trying to explain why you did that, why does it need to be public in the line in front of everyone? Like, you, you could literally just be like, hey, man, like, in my opinion, I think what should have been done in all this, yeah, they're pissed off. They brush by. And then after, if you're if you're Greg Gard and you're serious about, hey, this is why I want to do that, you can walk to his outside of his locker room. You can say, hey, man, like, 
I don't want hard feelings here. Like this, I just wanted to give my guys a fair shot. I wanted to reset the clock so they could at least prepare themselves. I'm not trying to run the score. Like have that conversation behind closed doors. I don't think anything's getting accomplished in the handshake line. That's the only thing I want to fault, not fault Greg Gard for, is I don't think anything was ever going to get accomplished by him grabbing Jawan and trying to explain it right there if he was serious. And so, but then at the same time, then Jawan, it escalates, it escalates. The unknown factor for me, which I want to, I know, I think everyone says like touch kid is what the Wisconsin assistant did or said to really like escalate the situation. Yeah. Obviously Jawan is a hundred percent in the wrong smacking, punching, whatever you want to say, did that. But once again, like, I just want to know what took it. Obviously he was pissed and obviously he was really a guard, but like he and guard have been separated. What is the Wisconsin assistant saying that's, or doing like grabbing a player to make it really just blow up. That's like the one unknown, this whole situation that I really am interested to find out. I don't know if it changes my mind on what Juwan did, but it's, it's, it's the one missing piece is like what this Wisconsin assistant actually contributed to making it just completely explode. Yeah. Um, I agree in the fact that we not, we're still not really sure. And like, and then there was some, the, some of the announcers or whoever was saying like, Oh, he grabbed a player and that's why Juwan. And it's hard to tell. Like I haven't dissected yeah. the entire video um, either way. Yeah. I mean, let's get to the punch, right. Or, or the slap or, or the hit. Let's just call it a hit. Cause now Twitter people yeah. are like, that's not a punch. It's like, you're you, the whole point went over your head. Like the whole, every, the only thing that needs to be said is Juwan Howard was in the wrong. Whether or not he started it, okay? So he's fundamentally in the wrong. Now, where Twitter gets bad is then you just continue to attack the guy and try to attack the character, and no one's doing that here. Yeah. Like, everyone's bringing up – a lot of people are bringing up that the Turgeon incident last year. Yes. Like, oh, it's a repeated history. Like, Gottlieb is really going in on – and I can't stand Gottlieb, but he's really going in on him saying this is a – more than one instance, it's repeated behavior, blah, blah, blah. And maybe it is like, look, but it is. It's Randolph Childress says it's not black, it's not white, it's a failure in leadership issue. And that's yeah. the thing. Like, as a leader of your team, like, he's going to, if Jawan, if a player does that, Jawan's going to oh. reprimand, reprimand a player, no matter 100%. if it's a punch, a slap, whatever it may be. And so, not only do you have to hold yourself to a higher standard, like, you have to at least hold yourself to an equal standard of how you would, uh, of how you would hold your players. Yep. And that's where I think, yeah, like no matter what the situation is, I think Jawan in this is right in the wrong, unless literally there's some derogatory word. That's the only way I'm thinking. I'm like Jawan is like saying, unless there is like a racially charged word that was used. That's the only thing I can say. Like, you know what? Go for I'm, it. I'm good with him. Like Go I'm for do it. whatever you need to do. Yep. But like, but that's not what happened. I, as far as we know, that's not what yep. happened. And so I think, yeah, Jawan is 100% in the wrong. I'm curious your take, how much, I, I don't know if you, do you put Wisconsin or, and there's obviously part that's unknown. We don't know what the assistant is. Do you put Greg Gard in any wrong at all? Do you put Wisconsin in any wrong? Or is it kind of just blurry? Like, I don't know if there it doesn't, it has to be like. I, I'm, I'm blurred on like how much blame guard should get. I, I honestly don't know. I understand that he, 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 grabbed yeah. the guy's arm but like you know Juwan Howard's six eight like this dude's five eight it's like 
you know, did you, you really feel assaulted, man? Like, come yeah. on. That, that's the only yeah, part of this yeah. that I'm like, yo, I know. Jared, he went quick for like a spin zone he, there. Yeah, listen. He I, got tangled. Yeah, he got listen, tangled up in the spin zone. I'm all for a good, a good spin zone, but that's crazy. So I really can't, man. Like, okay, if, okay, if, if we're doing this out of 10 or out of 100%, 5% is on guard. Five. Because if he just shakes his hand and keeps it moving – we're not talking, but yeah, I you know, that's I think, it. Well, I think ego gets in the way. I think ego gets in the way of both of them. I yeah, think Jawad yeah. even more so. I, the only like fault I really hold guard to, and I think in the heat of the moment, you're not even thinking that is, I think that guard didn't want to get shown up by Jawan blowing past him a little bit. And so like, that's why it's kind of making you like, no, like this, I, I'm going to value myself. I just think none, I, and I don't know if you can really place blame on him, I just don't think anything gets done like right there. And so, you know what? Maybe just move fast, move on. But I think part of it, it's ego. It doesn't want to look like you're getting shown up by the Michigan coach. It doesn't want to get your walked out. You're getting walked over by the Michigan coach. And so you are going to stand up. And then because even right at immediately when they interviewed guard after he was not puffing his chest out, but he definitely wanted to kind of come across like, Oh no, like I stood my ground. Like I'm not in the wrong here. And, and, yeah. and very well could have been um you know what's unbelievable about this afterwards are wild so two things what's unbelievable is that throughout all these conversations no one has talked about what a player has done and there was some swings from the players that's how bad this is that no one even cares because the fact that a coach start basically started a melee is insane like it that's it it is it is a bad look. Izzo comes out and and is like, yeah, this is a really bad look for the Big Ten. It's bad for college basketball, the whole thing. Um, so that's tough. Let's end this with what do we think his suspension will be? Um, my guess is the rest of the regular season. I don't know if it's, I, you know, the conference tournament seems like maybe a lot, um, but definitely the rest of the regular season. Maybe they've got game. five games. They've got five games left. Ironic. Yeah. Four of them are at home, and then they go at Ohio State. Yeah, and um, and they easily. Those are all. Can you read those games? Because they're all tough. Rutgers at home, Illinois at home. Yep. Michigan State at home, Iowa at home, at Ohio State. They could go over five. They could. They could. They go like right now. Kinsan has them winning the four home games, but literally like the Rutgers game, they have them winning by six. But then Illinois one point swing. Michigan State, three-point swing. Iowa, one-point swing. Ohio State, like, they're yep. all one, two-possession games. And they're 32nd in Ken Palm. I mean, they – I don't think they're in danger of falling out, but, like, say they went – so they're 14-11 right now. Say they did lose four of the last five, which I'm not saying they would. If you lose four of the last five, then you're 15-15 and 15 going into the, into, the, yeah. into the Big Ten tournament. They're not making And, it. like, it is – it really is – a massive, massive blow to the and that I think Douster said it today. I think I saw a tweet. It was like the kids are really the ones that are hurt by this more than anything, you know? Yeah, like always. Now it's great that they've got a seasoned veteran coach and Phil Martelli on the bench. Like most teams don't have that, which who knows? Like maybe this jolts them, maybe this is actually like it turns into a positive thing, whatever it may be, but like you're really risking a lot. You're sitting at 14 and 11 with five games to go. And there's a really good possibility he could be out the next five. Like I don't, I, I wouldn't, I think five games is 
is fair. I don't I think, think I would dip fair. in the conference. I don't think I would dip in the conference tournament. Me neither. Um, and then again, like five though, games, again, got to make a public apology. He's got to do like, there's probably yep. like, but again, like, he should not be fired. Now, if we have to have this conversation again next year, who knows, but he shouldn't, I don't think he should be fired. The thing I keep, the one thing I thought was interesting about this is like, I know I've the rumor, all this is all oh, Juwan just wants to get to the NBA. It's like a stepping stone, even like, which ironically like Harbaugh, same thing. He just wants to get back there, but like he, he would, this doesn't even have anything to do with college or NBA. Like, even if the solution is like, all right, Jawan Howard isn't a fit for college basketball. You say, okay, maybe get mentoring young kids, whatever. He wants to be an NBA guy. Like he could still pop off in the NBA line with a player or a coach, just the exact same way. Yeah. So if you just, the only difference here of like, if you were to say, all right, Jawan Howard, like maybe the fit at Michigan isn't right. Whatever, whatever some people are saying, like he, maybe this is better for both to just part ways because inevitably going to be him leaving for an NBA job anyways. I don't, I think the only thing you remove there is just him being a mentor for young kids. Like that's, which I, I think at the same time though, like I do, I like Jawan Howard. I like what he's done at Michigan. And I like like his story too, of as a player and coming from in the background. I don't want to say, I don't think he's a bad person. I don't, I don't no. like, I, I, I it's, it's tough. Like I, the, I, I looked last year. It's funny. I think everyone was more on his side last year with the Turgeon situation because Turgeons look so negatively upon. Yeah, um, yeah. But now it's, it's ironic that now when people are against Jawan, they're using that as ammo against his resume or against his background, which is, but I, in my opinion, I think it's a really bad look. I think it's a five game suspension is warranted. And he, he comes out and say, I apologize. This is, I can't hold myself to this. Blah, blah. blah. And I think maybe I don't know if Garden needs to apologize, but I also think Garden needs maybe. Hey, you know what? Like things got heated. I think we like. I appreciate I accept I appreciate the apology. I think moving forward, we need to find a better way to like communicate. Like I don't I think just, the best way I, to do that's. In a, I can't wait to see the first photo in April of these two teams on the road recruiting. And these oh guys gosh, in the yeah. gym. Oh, the tension between Howard and Guard. It's going to be great. The only thing I will add, and maybe this is why I'm like tr- not trying to place blame on, on Greg Guard. But oh, like, is it because of Brad it, Davidson? No. It's oh, like – we the hit, fact yeah. that I mean, like, nobody – No, it's the fact that his seniors like basically like formed a coup against them last year. And it's like I don't – it's not that I don't trust Greg. Like the, literally the seniors God, recorded him. about that. And it says, and they said, like, we're not here to build your resume. I'm, I'm pulling up now. It was like, last year we were playing for one another, but we were also playing for you. It was like, Demetric Trice said, I feel like the disconnect this season is we're not playing for you right now. We're not here to build your resume, so to speak, with all respect given. And he's like, I feel like Coach, and Nate Reaver said, I feel, just feel like, Coach, we don't have a relationship. Um, in my mind, it's too late for that. I personally don't think or feel like you care about our future aspirations. Damn. I can't talk to you. I just don't want to talk to you after this coach. I don't know what type of relationship we're going to have if we have one. And so it's like, that's maybe the only thing I'm projecting part of that onto Greg guard, because I, I think it's a really bad look when people do that, but I, I think you probably do have to separate the two, yep. but that was one of the first thing that came in my mind of like last year was like Wisconsin program was like really close to like falling apart for a little bit there. So, yeah. Um, all right, let's jump into Ken Palm. Um, I know you have a ton of stats that we're going to run through and just overall kind of like rankings. But again, this goes, we've been saying this for however many episodes we've had in season five, whatever this is, Ken Palm has been off and 
Vegas has been off, and it's been weird to see. And I don't know how it's going to affect who gets into the tournament, but there are going to be some pissed-off teams if it actually goes according to Ken Palm because it's not making sense right now. Yeah. Well, the two things I want to start off with is, obviously, we talk about, is it top 20 or top 25? Like, I th- I'm assuming it's top 25. I think in both. We'll do 25. Might be top 20. We'll do 25. Say 25 of basically the last, like, and, and obviously we, we're moving the goalposts at this point because 10 years turns it like 10 years this year is taking it back to 2012. Last year we were looking at 2011. But basically the last, like, I think it's something like 25 years, something crazy. It's really in recent memory, you need to, to win an NCAA championship or really make a final four in a lot of cases. I mean, top 25 in offense efficiency and top 25 in defensive efficiency. It has to be a well-rounded team. Now, there's some that are, like, obviously, like, a Virginia team. Like, when Virginia won in 2019, I'm pulling this up right now. Like, Virginia was second in, in adjusted offense and five in defense, which is actually kind of crazy when you think about it. They had a better – technically better offense. Gonzaga, one in 12. Like, um, Texas Tech was just on that border there, 25th best offense First, the number one defense, Michigan, 24th and two. Like, yeah, Texas Tech's be, defense that year was so wild. You can't be, you can't have these giant like gaps parallels, which scares me with a couple teams. Which, when you look at it, you want to go through the top. I, let's go I'll, through the top. Yeah, 25. We'll go through these top few, but the one thing I want to bring out is so the last 10 NCAA champions, the defensive efficiency ranking for the last 10, 22nd. And then 5th, 11th, 11th, 5th, 11th, 10th, 1st, 7th, 15th, um, average rank of 9.8. So basically average like top 10. Um, the team, and I will go through the top 20, the top, the top few, but the reason why I just wanted to start with this is Purdue. Everyone's hyped on Purdue. Everyone loves Purdue. Everyone's hyped on Purdue has the number one offense. Do you know what their defensive efficiency is right now? Are you looking at it? I'm just pulling it. What up, would you I guess? Just... What would you guess? What would, if you had to guess? Throw out a number. Fifty. We're we're thirty. No. Oh no. I'm going the other way. Oh God. Ninety. I know. One hundred and fifteenth. Dude, I I'm having Purdue out in the Sweet Sixteen. Book it. Like book it. it. And it's crazy because if you look at it right now, I mean there are. They're 24 and four. Their only losses are to Rutgers, Wisconsin, Indiana, and Michigan. I mean, they are number one offense by a large margin, like the second best three point shooting team, the eighth best two point shooting team, third best effective field goal percentage defense, 115th. And my issue with them too, is they're not playing like they're playing at a relatively slower pace. So that defensive inefficiency is going to hurt them even more. Like, if you're playing at a really wild pace and you don't have a great deal, you can make up with it by extra possessions, but they're playing at the 230th slowest, like 230th pace. So they're in the bottom, like 120 in terms of pace of play. So that defense, that it scares me. And I, and we're jumping ahead of some teams, but like, so let's, let's go through. Oh, why is it like this? Hang on. I'm sorry. All right, let's go through the top 20. Let's go through the top 25 and just look at their adjusted offense and adjusted yep. defense. So, Ken so Palm, Gonzaga is second and O, sixth in defense. Yes. I, I don't yeah, think anyone's doubting that Gonzaga can be a final four and can be a national championship team. Yep. So Kentucky. Then, yep. Third in offense, 22nd in defense. They they're in the, the mix. And I think they're getting better. I really, really like Kentucky, actually. This um, one surprises me, what you're about to read. Arizona? 
Whoa. Eighth in offense, eighth in defense. Whoa. It, I think it's the only double I top like 10. I it's like Arizona, man. I like Arizona. It's the only double top 10. The only one. Um, Baylor, seventh in offense, 16th in defense. Oh, yeah. They're, yeah. They're going to be tough. Kansas. Kansas, fourth in offense, 28th in defense. So as of right now, they don't fit the great. Now, obviously, this can we, – we talked even last year – going close to home Ohio like ju- their defense efficiency in the last like 10 games jumped like a hundred spots like they were really poor early in the season yep. so like you can get hot and you can be playing better but like Kansas is like is on that fringe yep. Auburn 16th in offense ninth in defense Houston 14th in offense 14th in defense mm. all around UCLA 15th in offense 13th in defense yep Duke 10th in offense 23rd in defense how are you yeah. feeling right now with like the way they're constructed and the way they're playing? Um, like, does I, that excite you? See the numbers being fitting in our narrative. Yeah. Does that like make you feel more confident in them, or do you say, "Hey, I no, it, don't it know makes me more it makes, best defense." It makes me more confident. Um, Paolo needs to be way better defensively in the tournament, and they have made a starting five adjustment, and they took Roach out and put Keels in. And the last three or four games, Keels has, has started to become – he came alive a little bit, especially yeah. against uh, Florida State. So, yeah, I like it. Now, the one that I was hyped on, I, I really like them. I think they're a very good team. But once again, by a criteria, I, I don't know if they're a Final Four team. Texas Tech, yeah, 40, 41st in offense and second in defense. Tough. But if you look at Texas Tech, I mean, they, they've already – they've they swept Kansas. No, yes, they swept – they swept Texas. Yeah. They swept Baylor and they split with Kansas and their loss to Kansas was in double overtime by three at Kansas. It's so like yeah. they've got marquee wins. They're only lost to Providence, Gonzaga and Iowa state and Kansas state's their worst loss. And then Oklahoma. So like, I like them, but once again, is the offense, like, is the offense going to be good enough? I don't know. Like I really like, I, I, like, I like Texas tech and I think they can grit. I like, grit out a lot of games to, for lack of a better term but the 41st kind of scares me Villanova this is the entry one sixth best offense and 27th defense I'm not that impressed with Villanova's offense to be honest like compared to other years I don't think like I think that they they're playing a really slow tempo I don't they're not moving it around and shoot like they usually like it's a lot of it's like they're putting Gillespie in spots where they're almost just like literally what people accuse Virginia of just being like stall ball and then like get a shot but yeah so I, I mean I and uh, Tennessee, 39th offense, fourth Ooh. best defense. Obviously, here's a, here's a question. Here's a question. Would you rather be – what would you rather be top five in? If you weren't – if the other one was not in the top 25 ranking, what would you rather be top five in? Which is Purdue, right? So what would you rather have? The best offense or a top five defense? Like You're basically saying would I rather be Purdue or like Texas Tech? Like Texas Tech's not as, as extreme, but they're 41st. Mm-hmm. I'd probably say, actually, there is a there is one. LSU at 17th. They have 106th best offense and third defense. So would That's I rather wild. be Purdue or LSU? Probably Purdue. I'd still probably rather be Purdue. Um, UConn's a sneaky one, man. Look at that. My problem is like teams can get hot. So like they can get hot, but also like even if you no matter how great your defense is. Like I'm thinking, like for as great as Virginia's defense was, it didn't matter when Carson Edwards was just like lighting the entire world on fire. Like there was no defense for that, and so yeah, I think great shooting could always overcome great defense. 
Um, but at the same time, like, I, I think, yeah, I think I wouldn't, as much as we just knock Purdue, I probably would still be rather be Purdue than LSU. Um, you know, what's scaring me here and I'm jumping out of the top 25, but God. Providence. So yeah. they're 22 and three. They just had a ridiculous comeback at Butler where Bynum was amazing. They didn't have Al um, Durham. Uh, Horkler hit some big time shots. I mean, dude, they were down 19 points on the road. The fact that they won was unbelievable. Cooley gave another epic. Oh, yeah, you sent it to me. Cooley gave another epic press conference. He's just the man. The best, man. Um, but they are 42nd offense, 66 defense. The fact that they – did you see what the um, the committee said? Like, hey, we're going to get rid of the eye test? Like, if anything is going to give the benefit of the doubt to Providence, it's like, hey, look, the eye, you know, 22 and 3, they beat who's in front of them. They just had a comeback win at Butler. Like, those are all those kind of, like, eye test things that help a team yeah. out. I mean, I could – I'm worried that they're going to get, like, a three seed and hit the wrong team and get bounced. I'm worried. I am too. It's interesting you bring that up because I think that's a perfect transition. I just wanted to about like what we said this before, like last few episodes, like how the NCAA or how the committee is going to actually evaluate how much they're like what we've been told year in year out. I feel like every time after teams get snubbed, they sit down with the head of the chair of the committee and they say, "Who we? Oh, we we put we we wanted to reward teams for." Play, win, playing on the road, winning on the road, winning away from home, like scheduling hard, blah, blah. It's really going to be interesting to see like if they hold to it, because there's a lot of teams, especially in the ACC that aren't fitting the mold of like top in the net, in these net rankings. And they say they're not going off eye test, but they do fit the mold of like playing well, like playing tough competition and winning on the road. Like, right. I know we did this a few episodes before, but like, Duke is five and one, quad one, four and two. Obviously, no one's knocking Duke. Wake Forest is 40th. They're the second ranked team in the net. They're 40th and they're 40th overall. They're one and four against quad one teams and quad one games and five and three in quad two. Virginia Tech is a spot behind them. There's a 40, 41, and 42. Wake Forest is, and I'll just stick with quad one. Wake Forest is one and four. Virginia Tech's 0 and five. And UNC is one and seven. Then, how, dude, well, don't even like, say how does that UNC. make so like all of them are like, people are saying, okay, those, I don't know if there's Virginia Tech's much in, but like UNC is pretty much almost a lock, whatever it is. But then if you look, you skip to Miami at 65th, Miami's four and one in quad one games. Virginia's three and five in quad one games and they're 81st. And you're telling me, like, I just don't get the only thing I can say in this. And there's one other example I want to bring up the outside of ACC is I, the only thing I can point is maybe that margin of victory in some of these games is really skewing this because not I, I don't want it to turn into just pick on Virginia Tech's like every single week. Virginia Tech's best win is either at home against Notre Dame in January, who was 58th at the time, or at home against Virginia this past week, which like Virginia's 81st. And it's like, how are you going to tell me that Virginia with three quad one wins, that's one at Duke, that's one against Providence, that's one that's swept Miami, that's beaten Virginia Tech. Like, your best win is against Virginia and you're 33rd in Ken Palm. The only thing I can look at is that they beat Radford 65 to 39 in November. And they beat Merrimack 72 to 43. And they beat St. Francis PA 85 that, to 55. Like, 
they don't there's nothing that there's nothing that makes sense to me the last one i do want to bring up there's two is Rutgers. we said this as well Rutgers is a really good team you talk about eye test Rutgers is beating everybody like Rutgers looks good they're healthy mm-hmm. they're hot they're six and three against quad one teams two and four against quad two they're 16 and 10 overall and 10 and six and probably like the best conference or one of the best conferences in the big 10 they're only 80th in the net how I was, that's what i'm saying they're six and three and they're 80th in that Virginia Tech's 0 and five and they're 41st. Like, wh- how, how is this constructed? To, and for even UNC, one and seven. Um, the other one that's crazy too, the same on the opposite par- paradigm, Washington State. And I get the Pac 12s, there's some good teams in there UCLA, Arizona, even good. Washington State is 0 and six against quad one. They've lost five straight. They're 14 and 12 overall. So barely over 500. Their best win is at home against Colorado, who's 84th, yet they sit 48th in the net rankings. A team that's basically that's, – and they're 7-8 and eight in conference, so they're below 500, barely above 500 overall, 0-6 in quad one games, yet they're 48, yet Rutgers here is, has six quad one wins in a tougher conference with a better record, a better conference record, and they are 32 spots behind them. I don't know what the flaw is in here, and I'm usually someone that I love the metrics because usually it helps Virginia, it helps something like that, but it just do, just make it make sense. How sway? How sway? How? I, I don't know. Make it make sense. So um, I, it, it's going to be real interesting. Like I, I, I'm looking at these. We're we're going down these metrics of these teams, like they can be in it, and I think that high level stuff, like mostly, like makes a lot of sense. The only other team I did want to point out, Paul, that it scares me, I think could be really good that I'm really starting to come along with. As much as I hate it, is Illinois. Illinois, yeah, I know it's unbelievable. Twenty fourth in defense, they're tough as shit. I know Kofi's a monster. Um, Corbello's a monster. Like, Corbello honestly, kind of like them. I almost like them better. And I, I mean, say this with a great, take this with a grain of salt. I almost like them better without IO because I feel like they play more as a team. They're not just like, all right, we have to get the ball to IO. It's just my question with them is when Kofi runs into other like, like he's dominant against guys that aren't as big as him he's comes mediocre when he's playing other big guys like i think mark williams takes a lot of kofi's game away i like by sheer length sheer length it 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 really it's gonna it's meant can they continue can they shoot the ball can kofi be tough against other big teams um but like right now i've been very impressed obviously they lost to Rutgers and they lost purdue recently but like i'm impressed with illinois um and anyone else that sticks out on your radar no, I wanna, I'm going to transition way off the top 25 and go to our boys, the Delaware Blue Hens. This is, oh, actually yeah. a, this is actually a story that has somewhat flown under the radar. So about a month ago in January, they're playing at Towson, and the game got suspended with, nine, I believe, 19 minutes and 42 seconds or whatever, right around there, basically at the start of the second half because the floor was so slippery, they could yeah. not play on it. So they've won three in a row. They are 19 and nine. They're fourth in the CAA. Uh, they have two games left. After Shall, games. CAA right now is very competitive. Like very you competitive. look at CAA standings, you got top four teams are good, man. Very competitive. Um, they have two full games left and then they have to play on the 28th, February 28th, which is next something Sunday or something. Um, they have to play a half. They have to go to Towson. It's against Towson, right? Yeah. So they have to go back to Towson. They have to play one half of basketball. For What's the score currently? Um, they are up, but not by a lot. 
Because it's interesting because right now on 3829 Delaware. Okay. 1845, I like 1845. I like that though. Because half. the interesting thing is if you're looking at Ken Palm, this is actually really interesting. Ken Palm has them projected to lose 76 to 67. So it only has them having a 21% chance of winning because it's obviously not taking into account. Yeah. They're spotting them nine points essentially, and it's only a half. Yeah. So like that actually, and they're projected to beat Charleston at home. They're projected to beat UNC Wilmington at home. And it could be massive for the Blue Hens. Massive for the Blue Hens who were picked to win the conference. Um, but really at the end of the day, uh, oh. they got they got to win the. I did want to bring up one last thing on the CAA while we're on it for our little yeah. CAA corner. <laughs> it is the conference of conspiracies. I will tell you that much. Ooh, I know we talked good. about how how JMU can't play in the tournament because they're leaving and they're yeah. doing all this BS and all under rules. Regardless, JMU played at UNC Wilmington last weekend, and I still haven't seen the tape. I've seen the screenshots. I saw what UNC Wilmington or what JMU basically presented the conference office. Essentially, there's a skirmish, much alike with almost very similar to what happened with Michigan. But during the game, they ejected JMU's best player. They ejected like three other JMU players, I believe, too, that they said left the bench that didn't. So they incorrectly ejected multiple players. Five UNC Wilmington players leave the bench. None of them get ejected. None of them get, none of them, no, no technical fouls, nothing. So JMU, they gave like UNC Wilmington, like eight free throws or something like that and didn't eject anyone. UNC Wilmington sitting at 13 and three in the conference. And, and you've got Towson at 12 and three, Hofstra 11 and four, Delaware 10 and five. JMU is at six and 10 and can't play in it. There is a massive, massive conspiracy though. It's like, all right, they're protecting their top teams. And I wish if you go, there is a, there, and we'll retweet it from the, from the account. There are some images here that are uh, pretty damning, to be honest. Like they basically went and they, they highlighted um, some of the clips and it says for what it's worth after reviewing last night's film with all the availables, JMU staff firmly believes just Amati was mistakenly ejected and the Duke should have been awarded six free throws following the dust up. JMU shot none on the play. And there's screenshots. It's like, it looks really, there are two fans that ran on the court, Paul. There are two fans. How did this and not blow up? I don't know. Or maybe man. it did. And I just, I'm not, it's, I'm not plugged into the Virginia hoop scene. We got to have Kremens on. It is. I mean, I would, I would love to, but if you, I'm showing this right now, like there is, it, it's tough, man. It is. If you look at this right now, there's all these kids off the, off the court. And say hey, you left the bench. I mean, the dude's standing in the short corner. And no nothing ejection, from the league. No, nothing from the league office. The craziest thing is, look at this. This is my favorite image. It's literally like a Super Bowl. You've got a dude in sweats, street clothes, on the like next, staying next to the ref. Yeah. The JMU players are like going back to their bench, and this dude's charging at them. Nothing. Same thing. You've got another fan. You just got nothing. I mean, there's wild. It's wild in college hoops right now, man. It is. It is absolutely wild. But, yeah, it was at the time the game was – JMU was up 62-57 to 57 in that game on the road with eight minutes left. And they're like, oh, come on. They take JMU's best player off the court, do nothing to UNC Dub. And it was, to be fair, it was also Devontae Kaycock jersey retirement night with Kevin Keats in the house. They're protecting the UNC. Well, I mean, Devontae Kaycock is a beast. Um, all right, let's end with this. How the all-star game was good. I thought it was good. Um, crazy. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. For LeBron to hit it. Steph went crazy. What are we doing with the dunk contest? 
We've we Kareem, have, Ab- uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar left. There's a video of him. He just left. And I love Cole. I, I love Cole to death. And I was like, all right. I was like, okay, bring the Tims out. But then when it started taking really long with the Tims and dancing, and it's like, there you I would say this major league baseball, the best thing major league baseball has done as bad as they've been with like everything is when they changed the format of the home run derby to timed, where it's just like bang, bang, it wasn't outs, and it was just like this race against the clock. It juiced everything up and the tournament style, it juiced everything up. The NBA, I don't know how they do it, but they have to figure out some way to juice this up. Yeah, like, and and I do think it I like the timing part. Um yeah, I, I, I don't know, know if timing is the answer, Jaylen but it just, there's just not Jaylen a lot. There, every Green dunk's works. been done. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, I thought Jalen Green, that was that was awful. I mean, it, it, was, took, it, it was 10 really, minutes. Really it was awful. It was I, really, really bad. And you just got somebody. I don't even know who was passed. Why don't you have Cole Anthony pass it to you? He knows what he's doing. Something, anything. Oh, it was brutal. It was brutal. I mean, um, the last, like, it's crazy because I feel like mo- nine – probably the last 10 i don't know like eight of the last 10 have been really bad but then we've had really good ones whenever zach levine and aaron gordon are involved i know and then it's like is it just the person is it the circumstances is it like well we certainly don't have the best dunkers every year that's just a fact i mean john morant wasn't in it like what the best dunk was i thought it was like jaws 360 alley-oop in the game last night he caught that like mid-air turning like I get yeah, like, that's sick. like, you can't, like you do a 360 alley in the dunk contest. It's probably only gets you like sevens or eights or whatever, but like, we got to do something, man. We got it, it was tough. It was really tough to watch. I mean, I, I actually, I enjoyed watching the rising stars. I don't know if you watched that on Friday, it had an interesting format of like the tournament style. I like that. And I love yep. the, like the Elam ending of playing to a certain, because then guys lock in. Yep. Um, I even thought the celebrity game, like, the dude, they had the uh, they, they was, celebrity game was better than normal. Like MGK looked like an absolute idiot wearing cool grades with no socks. Um, but Alex Toussaint balled out. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the Peloton gang. Um, <laughs> and, uh, Peloton. And, dude, and then Miles Garrett is just like the most enormous human being I've ever seen. Like I couldn't Miles Garrett and Kareem Hunt, like the Browns actually let them get out there and play. Because yeah, that's wild. That especially Kareem Hunt was like out half the year with injury, anyways. Like, all right, yeah, just go play pickup against a bunch of scrubs. That means nothing. It's like that's but, how you get hurt. But the fact that that was better and more enjoyable than the dunk contest, like my wife stayed up and watched. Like Kelly watched with me. She's like, that was the worst. Why did I do this? It's yeah, like, it was bad. So, was bad. but the but at least um, what did, last thing we'll leave, you know, what did you think of the halftime last night? Like seventy five. Did you thought it was like I watched Euphoria at halftime? Yeah. I, it was Didn't cool having it. them all there, but it was so drawn out. Like I got, they had, I got, they, yeah, I, you were one of separated three people that texted me because they separated the guards and the centers and the forwards. And they had like five different video packages all spliced in between that basically said, and I get it, it's like you're invoking a lot of emotion into the history of the game. And yeah, in 25 years from now, a lot of those players aren't going to be with us anymore. So to have them all there, but like it was long, it was awesome. And I think everyone deserved their announcement, but I thought we could have like, push the envelope because yeah. it was long in the Super Bowl halftime. Yo, uh, I don't know if you saw the video of Ray Allen not dapping up Garnett oh and Paul Pierce. Fam- Garnett looked like he's just, pissed. Oh, he's he was mad. <laughs> he was so mad. There's so much blood boiling. The one, the one takeaway I thought that I thought people weren't in is if you watch when LeBron goes up there, he was supposed to be, and he eventually does. He's supposed to be next to Dennis Rodman, but LeBron just kind of like stays like they had these little sections. LeBron like was like, 
I don't want to get stuck talking to this dude for like the next like 15 minutes. So they give that space. But then next thing you know, then they cut to him like two, three minutes later. And you, it's just Dennis just talking LeBron's ear off. And he's just kind of like, that. yeah, yeah. Damn like it. It's, but it was, um, I mean, it was cool. I, I thought it was interesting that um, like, I wanted to know what like Tim Duncan and Scotty Pippen were doing that they couldn't be there. Um, yeah. There a few others. I get like Steve Nash and it was playing like Russell Westbrook. Not like, there's one thing I give props to Kawhi for showing up. Obviously, even though he's being injured, but like Russell Westbrook not showing up, even though he's on it. I'm assuming just because things yeah, are not wild. going very well. Um, but it was cool to see all of them in one place for the most part. If And Jordan showing up was awesome because he wasn't Sick. there pregame. Um, yeah. And then we'll leave yeah, with I that. actually saw and a tweet. As a LeBron guy, the fact that Michael got bigger cheers, in, much bigger cheers in Cleveland than LeBron did um, was, was kind of tough to watch. But I'm not just happy they dabbed each other up, man. I mean, they were, they were, they were talking. No, it was cool. LeBron, I mean, that was the most, like, jovial I feel like we've seen MJ in a long yeah. time because yeah. he was messing with everybody. He was playing Magic one-on-one. He's, like, going yeah. up to Luca, like, bear-hugging him and stuff, which I get Luca's a Jordan guy. and they, But, like, we don't see him. Like, when we see him in, like, Hornets games, yeah, he looks chill. like he's even having a good time to begin with. And so to be around his peers, to have a lot, like, it was yeah, cool it was to cool. have it. It was cool to have it, but – um, I mean, NBA, I thought they did it was good. Oh, very last piece. Can we just get a nor I get it wasn't as bad as Fergie. Can we just get a normal oh, Macy Gray? Can we please Macy Gray? Like, I'm not, I want to not, it was not, it was not even it, close to Fergie. It wasn't bad, but, but she has this weird, not weird. She's a unique crazy. style. She's a unique style, unique voice. And just having a guitar there, like coming off what everyone literally thinks like all-star is Fergie. And it's like, let's just let's just get someone just just a regular good strong national anthem. Like, you got other people. I get she's from Canton, but like, get like the dude from like the Black Keys or something, or get like. I haven't heard Macy Gray in a long time. Else. Long it was time. just it was too similar. It was too closely similar. LeBron to was like, LeBron was laughing. If he you, did have he, he he was trying to hold in. I saw he was, was smirking. Like, they said laughter was up three one on LeBron, um, <laughs> and he had to, and but he he was able to pull it in. But um, yeah, and then the last thing we'll note on, I want to get your take on this. Chris Paul, like no playing. Yeah, I don't know not, why. Like that was a wild move to me. Why I get like whatever it is, like maybe check in, he, like, like fractured. Said he wanted to get an assist. Like all right, yeah, check in, like pass it, like tell the team like what you're doing. Yeah, I want to like get a. But the dudes, like, they're saying the guy's out six to eight weeks and before even reevaluating. The regular yeah. season, seven weeks left. And this dude's out there playing, like, back and forth, dribbling with both hands. Like, it wasn't even just like, hey, I'm only going to dribble with my offhand. I swear to God, dude, if we go through another playoffs and Chris Paul's hurt and we don't get, like, a fair – well, I guess last year was fair. Um, but we got hurt, yeah. Just he was let hurt him, let during, him be healthy. He games during the playoff run. Yeah, just let him be healthy. COVID so that, and, and – yeah. like. He says, if you on that last JJ pod, he's like, he couldn't even raise his arm. He's like, the team, they didn't even realize. Yeah, that was unbelievable. He was like, yeah, they didn't know. They didn't know whether to guard me or not. He's like, I couldn't. The Suns are awesome, man. The Suns are awesome. So, yep. um, but yeah. All right, that wraps up 101. We'll be back later this week and or next week for 101. Spotlight's on college basketball, man. Spotlight yeah. is on college basketball now. We are NBA. We've gotten, like in through, we've gotten through the worst two months of the year. Uh, January is just the worst ever. 
Uh, we're basically through February, and now it's just March, baby. It's going to be the greatest. I'm very sad we're not in Brooklyn, and you're going to be spending time taking the subway from MSG to Barclays. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll go to Chicago for the big town. Who knows? But all right, that's it on 101. Uh, we will see you guys next week. Keep the ball bouncing. Lately, I've been feeling like this is what I've been working towards. If you ain't trying to be the boss and tell me what you're working for. Certain doors are closed, but now they opening up. Celebrating with some shots, maybe poke on a cup. Pulls, plus Russell's up next, and I got this. Crazy like Britney and the love so toxic. Got a wall up, I'm trying to infiltrate a conscious. Taking 12 shots like where the cops is. Come on.